On the television screen, the newscaster was speaking of falling economies and the latest South American earthquakes. Mary-Kate slid a cup of coffee across the cigarette-burned countertop to the night's last customer. He looked at her through bleary eyes and mumbled a thank you. Ernest was leaning against the counter watching the late-night news program. He always did. She knew the routine. Holy Jesus Christ, he said. They're killing the city with all this tax shit. You can't make a decent living no more. Man shouldn't even try, said the customer. Should just be a bum and lay around in the park like all those kids do. The world is going to hell. There was a clatter of plates as Mary-Kate gathered them up. Watch that, Ernest said. On the fly-blown black-and-white screen, the solemn face said, Fear another assassination attempt. She glanced at her wristwatch. Late, she thought. I'm running late. Joe's home by now and he'd be tired as hell. He'll want something to eat and I know how it is when he doesn't get his dinner on time. Damn it! You know what it is? The customer was asking Ernest. It's time. That's what it is. The world has run the circle. You know what I'm talking about? The circle's been run. And now, by God, it's time to pay up. Kidnapped yesterday by members of Japan's Black Mask Terrorist Organization, ransom demands have not yet, said the newscaster. The circle's been run, Ernest asked. He had turned his head to look at the other man, and one side of his heavy-jowled face reflected the television's blue glow. What did you mean by that? You're only given so much time, you know, said the customer, his gaze flickering from Ernest to the newscaster and back again. When your time is up, you go. Same's true of cities, of countries even. You know what happened to Rome, right? It reached its peak and then fell right over the edge. So New York and Rome both got something in common, huh? Sure, I read about all this somewhere. Maybe you saw it on the tube. Mary-Kate had cradled greasy cigarette butt-littered plates in her arms. The odors repelled her. People are just like pigs, she mused. Oink, 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 just like pigs. She went through a pair of swinging doors into the kitchen and set the dirty dishes in a rack near the sink. The combination cook and dishwasher, a young black named Woodrow, lifted his chin and watched her intently, a cigarette dangling from a corner of his mouth. Do baby Mary need a ride home tonight? He asked her. He always did. I've asked you to stop calling me that. It's right on my way, and I got me some good-looking rims last week. I'll take the bus. I can save you some money. She turned toward him and saw the heat simmering behind his eyes. That look of his always frightened her. I can save you some time. I don't need a ride. I'll take the bus like I always take the bus. You understand that now? Woodrow grinned around the cigarette, and ash fell like a block of marble from the Tower of Babel. I dig, sister. You don't go for the black meat is all. She swung the kitchen door shut behind her, and the sound made Ernest look up sharply. His gaze fixed on her for a few seconds, and then turned again to the television, where a long-legged weather girl was explaining that the heat wave would continue at least through Tuesday. That bastard! Mary-Kate began methodically wiping the grime from ashtrays scattered along the counter. I've got to get a new job, she told herself. She always did. I've got to get a new job and get my ass out of here. I don't care what it is as long as I'm away from here. Here I am, she said, twenty years old and a waitress in a slop shop, married to an English major dropout who drives a cab. Christ! I've got to get out of here, even if it means doing something I don't want to do. 
She wondered what Joe's reaction would be if one night in their cramped, steaming apartment she touched him gently and whispered, "'Joe, my darling, dearest one on earth, I think I'd be happier as a whore.'